So when I was a kid, I practiced holding my breath because I saw a TV show where they had these uh, pearl divers and they didn't have oxygen tanks, but they would dive down, put a, a knife in their mouth, they'd dive down, get pearls, and it seemed to me the ones who got the, the biggest and most pearls were the ones who could hold their breath the longest. So as a seven or eight year old, I started practicing holding my breath because who doesn't want to be a pearl diver when you grow up, right? So I got up to a minute and a half, two minutes, two and a half minutes. I think my best was two minutes and 38 seconds. And I thought, wow, pearl diving companies around the world are gonna be scrambling for me. Well, I grew up. Turns out uh, career opportunities for pearl divers are not all that great. Um, so I pursued a different path. Um, you know, as Brianna, Brianna was telling you about, the music business. Um, and I, I had a great time with it. I got to work with Prince, I got to work with uh, Jim Henson on some Sesame Street stuff, I got to work with Alice Cooper and Amy Grant. So it was this very bizarre, diverse kind of career. But through all of that, I kept being fascinated with breath this breathing concept and breath holding. And I started thinking about it and I thought, you know, even our faith has an element of breathing to it, right? I mean, we inhale the love of God and then we get to exhale it on people. So um, I, I thought, I'm gonna create a breathing experiment that incorporates inhaling, exhaling. So I created Surprise Me and Be the Surprise. Uh, so today, I'm going to just talk to you about the first half of that, Surprise Me, okay? So you might be wondering where that came from. Um, I don't know how many of you like to watch reality TV. I, some of you grandparents are even raising your hands. I, I appreciate that. So America's Got Talent, The Voice, The Bachelorette, or America Ninja Warrior. I don't know why that guy has to do that with his voice in there, but it drives me crazy. So anyhow, you th think about reality TV, okay? What do they want you to believe? They, they kind of want you to feel like you're there, right? That you're experiencing this, this reality in real time that, that it's almost like you're one of the performers. Like you can imagine yourself as one of the performers. You can feel it, you can, you can touch it. It's raw, it's real, it's happening. It's an unscripted adventure. So, you know, I'm thinking about that and I thought, well, I wonder if anybody has ever created a reality spirituality TV show. So I thought, well, I, I could do that. How about, you know, I, I don't know what we'd call it. Jesus Ninja Warrior, I, I'm not sure. Um, you know, we could maybe get Brian Goldie to host it. I know he's not here today. He doesn't have quite the look to host it. If we could make him look a little like Gwen Stefani, he might do better, but I don't think that'll work. Uh, and then these shows always have competitions. So I, I thought, okay, we could have like a parking prayer competition where you take three contestants, put them in a big old SUV three miles away from the Mall of America. You give them 30 seconds to pray and ask God for a good parking place. You say, go. Whoever gets the spot closest to the front door of the mall is the most spiritual, right? 
Or how about a restaurant prayer competition where you get extra points if you pray with great gusto in the restaurant. And if you can get everyone to bow their head and fold their hands, extra points. And then, stick with me, at the end, you know, every show has a big finish, right? So I think I'd call it the rapture round. And I actually, I wrote a little scenario of how I see this going. So the host would come on and he'd say, now contestants, it's time for the rapture round. The prayer competition where one of you will prove to be more righteously sanctimonious than the others and earn the right to wear the hallelujah halo. Billy Bob, we'll start with you. Please pray a prayer using the words Birkenstocks, Hot Pockets, Tweezers, and Red Bull. And I think Billy Bob would probably drop to a knee and he'd say, Our most gracious God and Father, pluck the sin from my heart with your tweezers of righteousness and multiply your blessings to feed my soul as you did with the two fishes and five Hot Pockets. Wean me from the cheap, tawdry thirst for earthly pleasures and quench my spirit with the red bowl of spiritual contentment. All this I pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who doesn't wear any highfalutin mass market sandals. But if he did, he'd slide his holy heels into a pair of Birkenstocks. How many of you want to see this show? You know, it's interesting. When I speak in churches, nobody raises their hand. When I speak in high schools and colleges, a lot of people raise their hands. So, welcome. You're, you're, you're sick just like me. But in reality, let's face it, um, Christianity has enough goofy characters already, right? I mean, we, we have some people on our team that are going, really? Really, did, did you need to say that? So I thought, the last thing that I want to do is to create another uh, TV show that God has to look down and go, come on, that's not who I am. So what I did was not create a reality TV show, but, re but create a reality spirituality personal experiment. Surprise me, God. So... Here's how it works. I decided to take 30 days of my life and set aside my spiritual agenda for 30 days. And then I said, okay, God, for 30 days, I want your agenda. And here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to wake up every morning and begin my day with a three-word prayer. Surprise me, God. Simple, right? And then I'm going to keep a journal a detailed journal of everything that happens during those 30 days. And I'd never kept a journal before in my life. So this was all new to me. And, and the book that Brianna was talking about, Surprise Me, that's my journal of 30 days. So chapter one is day one. Chapter two is day two. So, you know, as I'm getting closer to the day that I'm going to start this spiritual experiment, I thought, you know, is there a precedent that God likes to surprise us humans. I, and I thought, well, maybe I should scan history for it. And I thought, well, I should scan the Bible. Let's, let's look through the Bible and see if God surprises people. So I started at the beginning, Adam. So Adam, whew, he's waking up one morning. You know, he's a little groggy. He, he, 
he feels like something's missing over here. Uh, it hurts a little. He finally opens his eyes and there's Eve, you know, the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. And I think God's over here behind a tree going, surprise. <laughs> you know, this was a pretty good day for Adam, right? And then there's Noah and the ark. I build this big ship in the middle where there's no water. What? Or Jonah and the whale. Yeah, I think I'll have you live in the belly of a whale for three days. Or Daniel in the lion's den. And I always say, you know, so the king throws Daniel into the lion's den. And I always say it was the, the lions who were surprised that day. You know, the lions are going, I don't know, I'm just not hungry, you know? I, I think one of the lions is sitting back in the corner going, who am I? You know, it must have been a really weird day to be a lion, right? And then there's, there's Mary. You're going to give birth to the Son of God. <laughs> okay. Or the resurrection. I don't think a lot of people saw that one coming. So it appears that God has a tendency to surprise us, right? Then in 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. You haven't seen it, you haven't heard it, you haven't even imagined it. Sounds to me like it's going to surprise us, right? So I thought, okay, I've, I've spent some time thinking about what this experiment is. What isn't it? Well, it's not a brilliant idea. I came up with it, and it's really simple. Uh, it's, not, it's not God as a genie in a bottle, you know, where you rub the bottle, God pops out of the lamp, and he says, what three wishes can I grant for you? Because when, when I wake up in the morning and pray, surprise me, God, I'm not, I'm not giving him my wishes. I'm asking him for his wishes for me. It's, you know, if, if you wake up in the morning and say, surprise me, God, with a Porsche 911, um, that's not exactly the concept. It's not health and wealth. It's not name it and claim it. It's placing ourselves before God saying, what can, what can I see about you today? So the day that I, I was going to start this experiment, I get up. You know, I, I go downstairs and I'm putting some strawberry jam on my toast. And as I was eating, I was thinking of the story of Gideon. Remember the story of Gideon in the Old Testament where God says, Gideon, here's, here's something I want you to do. And uh, Gideon goes, okay, well, let, let's test that out. Let's put this fleece out, this sponge-like thing out tonight. And in the morning, if the fleece is wet with dew but the ground around it is dry then I'll know this is what you, what you really want me to do. He wakes up the next morning, it is. And Gideon, being a man of great faith, said, how about if we reverse that? And he wakes up the next morning, and it is. And then he does what God asks him to do. So I'm thinking, okay, it's day one of my experiment, but my, this isn't a, you know, I'm not doing this experiment to test God. This is more of a test of me to see if I can be aware enough of what God is doing in my days to see it. But the Gideon story gave me this idea. So I actually, I walked out the back door of our house onto our deck. I laid down on my back, spread my arms out, and I said, okay, God, 
here's your fleece. How about if I be the fleece for the next 30 days? Let's see if I can be porous enough to take in your presence in my day. And then I prayed that prayer that he may be getting tired of, I don't know. I said, surprise me, God. And I got up and I, I kind of brushed off my back and I, I looked up at the back windows of the house to see if my daughters were looking out. They already think I'm weird, so, you know, I didn't want one of them coming down. Hey, Mom, Dad's laying on his back on the deck talking to the trees, you know, it's like... So anyhow, on this day... I, um, I was working on a music project in my studio, so I'm on my guitar, I'm on this keyboard, and every once in a while I'm looking up, you know, going, nothing. And it went through the whole day, and nothing surprising happened. And I'm out walking my dog that night, and I thought, what if this is the dullest month of my life? What if nothing happens? And I had told some of my friends that I was going to do this spiritual experiment. So I, I'm going to admit some things here. I actually prayed this. I said this to God out loud. I said, come on, God, don't make yourself look bad here. And we all know what I meant by that, right? I told my friends I'm going to do this thing, and if nothing happens, I'm going to look pretty silly. But luckily, it was a long walk that night. And by the end, I said, okay, God, scratch that prayer. That was stupid. Um, these are your 30 days. You do what you want. I'm here to, to soak it in. Day two, wake up, pray, surprise me, God. Uh, I'm working on this project again all day long. About 4.30, I was uh, mentally toasted, so I got on my bike to go for a ride. Now, as Brianna said, I'm, I'm literally a bikeaholic, okay? I, I have a bike that costs more than my car, which some people says something about your car, but, but literally, my bike is stupid. It's, it's carbon with electronic shifting, and it's got all the, all the stuff. But I was really into cycling. In fact, I, I raced bicycles on the weekends around the Midwest, and so here I am on day two of my spiritual experiment, and three days from then was the Minnesota State Championship Criterium race. And I had raced in that race the previous summer and got third place, and it had come down to one of those sprint finish things, and I get edged out by two guys, and I was just really bummed about it. So I had been training really hard now this next summer because I wanted to win this race. Um, and, you know, you, you can't train hard like a day or two before the race because then your legs are toast, you have lactic acid in your legs, you need to, you know, you need to do it earlier. So this was three days before the race, and I'm thinking, this is my last chance for a hard training ride. So I get on my bike intending to trash myself, you know, go as hard as I can. I go north on Willow Drive. <coughs> I, take a, I take a left on Highway 6. I see another cyclist about 200 yards ahead of me. It's not going very fast, and I'm gaining on him. And I think, you know, I'm just gonna go And when I go by him, you know, his jersey's gonna ruffle in the wind because I'm going so fast. 
so it shows how pathetic I am and competitive. Um, but as I got closer to this guy, I didn't, I didn't feel a tap on my shoulder, and I didn't hear anybody speaking out loud to me, but I felt like God very clearly said to me, how about that guy? How about if you talk to him? And I said, oh, well, maybe you don't know God, but uh, the Minnesota State Championship Criterium Race is coming up this Saturday, and uh, you know, I got third last year. I, I really sh I should have won that race. Um, so this is my last day to train, so I, I really can't slow down and talk to this guy. And this is where God kind of, sometimes I think he's sarcastic with me. I felt like he said, oh, well, of course. But, you know, you, you asked me this morning, so I, I just thought I'd throw it out there. So I go, oh, okay. And I, now he's like, you know, 50 yards ahead of me. And I, so I said, okay, here's the deal, God. And by the way, never start a prayer with, here's the deal, God. It's just a bad idea. <coughs> so I said, here's the deal, God. If he says something surprising in the first 15 seconds, I'll slow down and talk to him. So I pull up, tap my brakes. I'm talking to him. Literally, the second thing that he said to me was, I just got back from climbing Mount McKinley, and my buddy was killed on the climb. And I'm out here today trying to figure out, I'm trying to make sense of this. So, so I go, okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> I'll talk to him. So we rode and talked. And he told me about the climb. He, got, he said, you know, we, we trained for months preparing for this climb. And uh, everything was going great. We summited, planted the flag or whatever they do when they get to the top. And he said, we're, we're on our way back down. The sun is shining. It's a perfect day. We're rappelling down this cliff. Out of nowhere, there's a rock slide. And he said, it, it, it got my buddy. And he said, we got him down and laid him on the ground. And he said, I... I watched him take his last breath. And as he did, I saw this white light come out of him and go up into the sky. You know, and I'm, I believe the miracles in the Bible that Jesus did. I believe that, that miracles still happen. But I haven't seen a lot of those kind of things. So I kind of looked back at him and he saw that, and he looked over at me, and he goes, I'm, I'm as sure of this as anything I've ever seen in my life. And he said, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, and, and he told me, he said, we all had roles on our expedition, and my role was to be the first guy out on the ropes on ascents and descents. And he said, I was, except that time. My buddy stepped in front of me, and he said, let me go first once. So he looked at me and he said, <coughs> excuse me, he said, I think I'm supposed to be the dead guy. Why am I still here? Who is this God and what does he want with me? And we rode for 15 miles that day and we talked. And I was able to tell him stories 
of a God who loved him. And to see this guy turn his life around that day and find the meaning that he didn't know was there. Because, you see, I, I thought I was going for a training ride. And God said, you know, I, I've got something else for you to do today. I thought, I'll ride with him for 15 seconds. I rode with him for 15 miles. Henry Nouwen said, all my life I tried to avoid the interruptions to my work until I realized the interruptions were my work. Think about that. What if all the stuff that you've planned for today is peripheral? What if God has something scheduled in your day that you don't know about yet? Will you, will you recognize it when you see it? What if our work is the interruptions? In Psalm 84.5, it says, How blessed all those in whom you live, whose lives become roads you travel. I want my life to be the road that our Creator travels. Um, there's this poem that I read by uh, Miguel de Unamuno, and in the poem he says, throw yourself like seed as you walk. And when, when I heard that, or when I read that line, I, of course, I thought of the parable of the sower in the New Testament, but I thought of it completely differently. Here's, what, here's kind of the picture I had. God as the sower, he's looking down on earth, he's looking down on history, and us, all of us are his seeds of love. And he holds us in his hand. And he looks down. And he sees a guy on a bike on Highway 6. And God looks in his hand and he goes, Hey, Terry. And he takes the seed of my life and he goes, and he throws me into the path of a guy named Cy Matthews. Think about that. We're talking about the creator of the, the whole stinking universe. He knows me well enough and cares and knows this guy well enough to say, I want them to meet because this guy has a seed of my love that he can share with that guy. That's reality, spirituality, guys. That's, that's the real deal. That's the life we want. So my challenge to you today, don't settle. Don't settle for a, a comfy, safe, predictable, type of utilitarian religious existence. Jesus didn't come to give us that. He didn't live that. He doesn't want it for us. He wants us to have a reality, spirituality, a life that is unscripted according to us, but scripted up there. And we get to, par we get to be participants in that. So I challenge you. I actually challenge you to do this 30-day experiment. I challenge you to wake up for the next 30 days 
pray surprise me, God, and I challenge you to write down what happens. I mean, if you really want to have a spiritual adventure, that's part of the deal. Uh, I'm going to do, do I have time to do one more quick thing? Real quick. Um, experiment with all of you right now. Everybody take in a big breath and hold it, okay? Hold it. Now take in another breath and hold it. Another breath. Another breath. Doesn't work, right? Let's do the opposite. Everybody blow out all of your air and hold it. Now blow out some more. Some more. Some more. Yeah, you're not even trying, are you? <laughs> okay, so what have, we, what have we discovered? You can't live without inhaling oxygen. You can't live without exhaling CO2. It's part of life, right? Spirituality is the same thing. You can't live without inhaling the love and grace and mercy of God. And you really can't live without exhaling it. You can't take in his love and take it in and take it in and never give it. It'll make you sick. You can't give away his love if you haven't inhaled it. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a circular thing. It surprised me. And once you've become aware of the presence of God in your days, now you get to go out and be that surprise for others. So go for it. It's fun. <laughs> Let's pray. God, I thank you for these students and their grandparents. No matter what age we are, we have an opportunity to inhale your love and exhale it. Help us to become such great inhalers and exhalers that we become so saturated with, our, with your love that it can't, we can't contain it and it starts to ooze out of our pores. And now when we walk through our days, we rub shoulders with people and we get a little God on them. We get your love on them. Not because it's something we do, it's because it's something we are. Help us to be so connected and breathe you in so fully that we become distributors of that love to our world because our world needs it. So I ask you, God, <laughs> surprise us. We're going to look for you. Amen. Thank you for listening in on our Encounter podcast. You can find previous Encounter recordings and who will be coming in future weeks on our Southwest Christian High School webpage, www.swchs.org. Click on Student Life and Encounter. Again, thank you for joining us. And until next time, keep your eyes fixed, not on speakers, teachers, or institutions, but on Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith.